I'm going to read another brief text for us. So many texts, wonderful texts have been read tonight. This is yet another that I want to reflect on for just a moment. Luke 23, picking up in Luke's account of the crucifixion, and he gives us some details that are precious. Beginning in verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they were crucified. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. The rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. Soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourselves and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you uh, are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. This is indeed a wonderful and a beautiful text. We might as well just wrap it up and go to the next song because the text itself preaches. Spurgeon called it a golden gem. I want to draw five simple and brief truths out for you to revel in glory in. Number one, this is a display of Jesus' desire to save. Consider this man. He was wicked. This thief was wicked. Crucifixion was for the most heinous of criminals. So what do we learn? There is none too wicked to be saved. Consider this man. He was dying. There was almost no time in his life left. He had nothing to give and his life was soon to expire. What do we learn? It is never too late to be saved. And and consider the Savior. Don't we have a right to say that Christ is able to save to the uttermost those that come to Him by faith? Hebrews 7.25 Don't we have a right to say that, that Christ will receive anyone who comes to Him with a simple prayer of faith? Don't we have the right to say that the youngest of faith will save a soul if it be true faith? 
Don't we have the right to say that, that Jesus saves not on the basis of what we can do for him or the difference we could make for his kingdom? Praise God, this is not like a pickup basketball game where captains pick the most skilled players. This man had nothing to give. Oh, friends, Jesus, Jesus wants to save. Second truth. This is a display that we are saved by faith alone. Friends, there was no time for baptism. There was no time to come to the Lord's table. There was no time to unite with the saints here below in worship. There was no time to read the scriptures. There was no time for anything but faith. But that's just fine. Because faith alone saves. For by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John three sixteen. Third truth. This is a display of real faith. There is a faith that does not save. There is a faith that believes in God and believes in Jesus, but it will gain you no entrance into the courts of heaven. Deathbed conversions are often more like foxhole prayers. Save me, O God or cancer diagnosis prayers. Save me, O God. There's no real heartfelt faith. There's just a desire to escape the situation you're in. But this man, that's not this man. First of all, you see repentance. This man saw himself Truly with the eyes of faith. He owns and he confesses his sin. In verse 41, he says, we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. And he accepts the consequences of his sin. Verse 41, we indeed justly are receiving the due reward for our deeds. This man knew he deserved judgment. What is that? The beginning of repentance. And then what do you see? You see faith. This man saw Jesus with the eyes of faith. Consider this. He believes that Jesus has a kingdom. Remember me. When you come into your kingdom. Now think about Jesus' condition. He's beaten. He's bloodied. He can hardly speak. His bones are exposed. He's naked and mocked. And blood flows from every single pore of his body. And yet this man looks at this man who's dying. And he believes that he has a king. 
He sees Jesus with eyes of faith and who he really is. This is shocking given his state. Note also that this man asks for spiritual blessing only. What does his neighbor ask for? Save us in the here and now. Get me out of this situation. His neighbor is the foxhole prayer. But what does this man ask for? Remember me when you come into your kingdom. By the way, remember me doesn't mean what you initially probably think. Remember me doesn't mean don't forget me. Remember me means let me be with you. Let me be with you. He asks for spiritual blessing only and he asks for spiritual blessing humbly. He does not say, Lord, I want to sit at your right hand. He says, remember me. Just just let me be there. It makes me think of Psalm 84. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Just let me be there, Jesus, he says. He asks for spiritual blessing only. He asks for spiritual blessing humbly. And he asks for spiritual blessing bravely. Remember me? Who's the me? A criminal. One who has no right to ask to be in the courts of heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember me. That's brave. But he ventured out in faith. And then you see fruit. You see evident fruit. He confesses Jesus' innocence. This man has done no wrong. He even witnesses to his other friend. He is indignant at his friends mocking the Lord Jesus. He says, what are you doing? He's concerned for his soul. Oh, this is saving faith. This is no foxhole prayer. This man left evidence behind in the three to five to ten minutes he had left that he was, in fact, a Christian. Friends, please don't leave those who love you behind with a question mark as to if you're a Christian. Please. Make much of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might see your faith. We also see quite soberly a display that not all respond to Christ. This is the fourth truth. There were two thieves, but only one was saved. Both thieves were just as guilty. Both thieves had the same experience, saw the same thing, heard the same words, and yet one responded. Why is it the two children can grow up in the same household and one responds to the message of Jesus Christ with saving faith and one says, I want nothing to do with this. 
two thieves, but only one was saved. This is a dire warning to any of you here who are outside of Christ. Never put off the business of doing business with the Lord Jesus Christ in regards to the state of your soul. Never think, oh, I can wait to do business with Jesus. Let me tell you soberly, I have only been in pastoral ministry for 10 years, but I have already seen that for the most part, men die as they live. Men die as they live. It is possible to turn to Christ at the last possible hour, but in my experience, most do not. Do not put off business with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know not when your hour will come. And then fifthly, we see a beautiful display of how near a dying believer is to rest and glory. This day, you will be with me in paradise. To depart and be with Christ is far better, Paul says in Philippians 1.23. Amen, this thief knew it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.8. Friend, When you come to the hour of death, if you are in Christ, then please know the best is yet to come. And it's only a moment away. Rest and peace with your Savior is what awaits you on the other side of the veil. Praise God. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may I, though vile as he, Wash all my sins away. I I want to tell you, if you are not in Christ, you are that thief. You, You may not have broken the laws of the state of Vermont or federal laws in our country. But God desires and deserves your love and affection and worship. And you have not given it to him. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Friends, you have not done that. You are a lawbreaker and worthy of his just condemnation of your sin in hell. But Jesus' mercy is available to you. Jesus, the one who was willing to save this thief, is willing to save 
you. So will you see that you need him? Will you stop being like the one thief who railed at him? And would you instead see him with the eyes of faith and see yourself with the eyes of faith and say, Jesus, save me from my sin and I want to glorify you with whatever hours, days, and years, and moments I may have left. Save me. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Would you have all of your sins tonight washed away? Then trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are gone. And you will be with him in paradise. Will you ask? He will save. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we sing and we pray and we preach and we cry because you have died and risen for our sin. And so it's with sober hearts but hearts that well up with thankfulness that can hardly be expressed, that we come to you tonight and say, thank you. Thank you for your gift of redemption, for your son, for Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Jesus' name.